Hello and welcome. Welcome to Radical Embodiment, the podcast. I am your host, Emily Wishall, and I am the author of the recently published book, Radical Embodiment, a practical guide to celebrating the skin you're in. I also work as an embodiment guide and a certified rolfer supporting women in releasing body shame and really learning how to love their body exactly as it is. My intention with this podcast is to offer you a new insight and perspective on how you get to be with your body so that you can release that worn out, exhausting story of being dissatisfied with your body. The more you listen to this podcast and do the practices that I suggest, the more you can expect a softening and the emergence of a gentler approach to how you view and talk to yourself. Change in the context of radical embodiment is not a diet. It is not a workout plan. Instead, it is an overhaul of the way we treat and perceive ourselves. It is the fierce application of gentleness to the gaze we offer ourselves. Hyperfocus around your weight and physical appearance robs you of your energy, clarity, power, and joy. I have created a method to help you learn how to love and inhabit yourself thoroughly and deeply. Each episode of this podcast will provide healing strategies to help you become more embodied and develop a more loving relationship with your body. If you enjoy the episodes, I would be deeply grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at and download the episodes, as well as share with your friends, family, and community. Together, let's cultivate peace, serenity, and deep love for these beautiful bodies of ours. And now, to today's episode. Here we are, episode two of Radical Embodiment. My intention for you as you listen to this podcast, as you hear the episodes and absorb the information and stories that I share, is to really support you in shifting the narrative of feeling like your physical body is of trying to escape your body, of trying to bypass your body, and to instead really take the courageous and brave choice to inhabit your body and choose to feel yourself more fully. I am so happy you're here. Today's episode is the gift of hating my body. And I'm going to start by actually reading a small section from my book, Radical Embodiment, A Practical Guide to Celebrating the Skin You're In. So this is from the start of chapter two. Moments I spent outside when I was little, existing without fear, concern, or insecurity. Simply being, 
attempting to make friends with the birds, playing on my swing set and communicating with my grandfathers in heaven. I was connected, uninhibited, free. Then life came about. At eight years old, I felt fat. It didn't all happen at once, and I don't know why it happened that year, but that's when it kicked in. My first strong taste of body concern, of unworthiness, of not being enough. I thought because I was fat, I was not good enough, not lovable. So I suppressed, I shut down. Innocent, soul-connected youth slowly began to dissipate. And if you're listening to this podcast, I imagine that you have had in your own journey in life at some point a history or a period of time where you hated your body, where you felt disdain for your body, where maybe you felt dissatisfaction with your body. And that dissatisfaction, that unhappiness maybe came from the way your body's appearance, it maybe came from chronic pain, it maybe came from chronic illness. In the context currently of radical embodiment of this podcast, of this episode, I'm speaking on the body hate dissatisfaction that comes specifically from not being happy with the way your body appears, not feeling like you are enough because of the way your physical body looks. And for me, that story, as I shared from my book of not being with my body began when I was around eight years old. And because my sweet little eight-year-old self from what I perceived in my environment, in advertisements, in, you know, social media wasn't a thing then. Um, and hopefully, you know, eight-year-olds, you know, I know it's different, but aren't too much on social media that feels so young to be exposed to so much. But... In my own story, I, I perceived that I wasn't the fitting image of what a quote-unquote good, acceptable, lovable young girl should look like. I thought that I was chubby. I thought I was too fat. And because I thought I was chubby and too fat, I internalized the story of shame, of unworthiness, of this pattern. That's when this pattern began of this like constant inner ticker tape inside my mind, inside my thought loops of if I can just get control of this body, if I can just change the way this body looks, like then, then I can be happy, then I can be lovable. And so my thoughts became completely preoccupied with how am I going to lose five pounds? You know, and at that age from like, you know, eight to 14, it's like, how can I do this undetected so nobody knows or you know, and because I tried to restrict eating or because I tried to not have much of an appetite in front of other people, I also led to disordered eating and times of like hiding food into my room and eating alone. And and so why do I say, well, so before I dive more into my story, I just want to bring this into you. And if you listen to episode one, I invited you into going into that first moment or moments when you first felt your own taste of body 
disdain of unhappiness in your body. And I imagine that 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 point, those moments happen usually for those of us who have a longer story or history of being unhappy with our body. It's come from our youth. It's come from our childhood. And that is when it started because that's when we are this like beautiful, innocent, open, receptive, just looking for love. We are looking to be embraced and it's a part of life, you know, for all of us, it starts to that like innocence of childhood starts to get shut down or repressed or closed off. And that may be in regards to feeling uninhibited in your body, that closed offness, that shut downness maybe came from something that a parent said to you, um, an, another family member, maybe you were taunted at school for the way your body looked. For me, it was a myriad of things that I observed in my own life. I created a conscious story of judgment around myself and my body. And so why is this, you know, it can feel so sad. And maybe even me just saying, oh, that feels so sad. And it is sad. And we don't have to get lost or swept away in the sadness. We can use our awareness we can use our growth and healing from moments of sadness, from moments of trauma to really regain our power and strength and clarity. And so why is this podcast episode titled, Hating My Body Was My Greatest Gift? I believe that for me, it was the message I needed to hear from a young age, loud enough and incessant enough that I would listen that really propelled and kicked off my own inner personal healing and growth journey that I that supported me in really being able to, from a young age, know who I am. Not knowing who I am based from societal, familial, peer concepts of what they think I should do or how I think I might, you know, who, who I think I should be to fit in more with those groups, but really knowing who I am in my core and allowing that who I am, that truth, that authenticity of who I am as a human to be expressed and to be seen. So I think for all of us, our bodies give us messages. Our body and our nervous system are so ridiculously smart. And they have our back and their body's always wanting to move towards balance. Always, always, always. Balance being in our structural integrity and alignment. Balance being in our thought process. Moving more towards being able to be in a more present, calm, clear state and not so agitated or anxious or unhappy. And these messages come in varying degrees of volume as well as varying degrees of sensations or actual tangible um, manifestations. And to give some tangible examples, it could come up in pain. It could be anxiety. It could be just like, oh, I feel like my low back in the last three days has been kind of cranky or hmm, my left shoulder is doing something funky. Or, hmm, I'm noticing I'm feeling anxious this week. Or, hmm, I'm noticing I'm, I'm having some sadness or some, like, feelings of loneliness that are circulating. And these little messages can be little or they can be quite large. 
and our power comes. And I think that really a testament to a person's growth is shown in their ability to more readily, more quickly hone in on the messages that their own internal system is giving them without the message needing to be so loud, so strong that it sets them off on their back, that it puts them out of commission for days or weeks or months. Now, I want to clarify, and I'm by no means wanting to imply you are wrong or you're not strong, like far in your own personal healing growth journey, if you are having like a major long-term chronic situation. But I am wanting to invite in the idea of we can begin to listen to our messages earlier on. And these messages that are often seen as not gifts because they're uncomfortable, because it's painful, because it's sad, really are a gift because it's usually helping, I believe, us veer back into our more true alignment. It's usually like steering us back into our purpose versus we can get so scattered and go all, you know, feel pulled in a myriad of directions or trying to please everyone in our lives that we forget about ourselves, that we forget about what is it that I really want and what is it that I really need in this relationship, in this career, in this moment, from the foods that I eat, from the movement that I do. And if your message isn't quote unquote loud enough, we often don't listen to it. We often ignore it or try to bypass it or shut it down or, you know, in to think of like a day when you're feeling kind of like a week or two days, you're feeling kind of sad or lonely and just be the, it can be easy to have the automatic response of wanting to just overpower your brain of thinking, just need to like think positively and yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. Or go try and do an activity, like go for a run to, to shift your state. And yes, movement to shift our state of being is always a powerful, important action. But it's also really important to notice if we are the tendencies we're bypassing or we're really transforming and moving beyond. This episode isn't going into that distinct difference. So maybe that'll be an episode later. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now, but it's important if you're having a little inner message to at least give the space to notice and to feel. And the practice I'm going to offer you at the end of this episode is going to give you the space to on a regular, daily, consistent basis, check in with yourself and these messages, however quiet or loud, to go underneath the surface and be able to have the space to actually listen and hear what is the underlying intention, meaning. What is it that this message from your body, from your nervous system is wanting to let you know? Where is it that you're out of alignment, out of integrity with yourself? And so for me, hating my body from the age of eight is the message that I really believe that I needed to hear in order to initiate me into clarifying my life purpose to begin the inquiry of really knowing who I am and the path of who people thought I should be or what I perceived they wanted me to be. Because that message was so loud, I was constantly preoccupied with how to get control of this fat body of mine. 
um, I couldn't keep bypass bypassing the shame I felt. It was subtly in every area of my life impacting it. Sometimes subtly, sometimes significantly. It was the because I felt so unhappy in my own skin. I was holding myself back in every relationship in my life, in every activity in my life, in really putting myself out there. And when I shifted and I learned how to actually inhabit my body, that's when I really began to learn how to actually love my body. And if we don't love our body, if we're constantly trying to change it, if we're constantly trying to go on the next diet or thinking about how am I going to lose these five pounds or thinking about when am I going to be able to fit into those jeans again, our energy and attention is not going to be in our body. We are going to want to escape our body. And that escaping our body, you know, often the thoughts to that loop can just be around like, I just need to have more willpower and discipline, or I just need to only eat 1200 calories. I'll be okay. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be lovable. Society's going to like me. I'm going to get more likes on my social media photos because I'll like, wow, look at this trend. Like, look how skinny I am. And so all of that is you're putting your power, you're placing your power, you're giving your power away to external things, sometimes not even people. You're literally like your life force, your power is leaving you and you're literally like putting it everywhere else. You're putting your power on external diets, on trying to please people in your perceived future. None of those sort of actions, particularly from that energy, and in episode one I talked about we went a little bit into the difference of feeling that contractive energy in your body versus expansive energy in your body. And that's really putting yourself in that contractive energy when you are escaping your body. And that's not going to bring you anywhere closer to loving your body. It's a lie that we have been conditioned into thinking and to believing because marketing and advertising can make a lot of money on our unhappiness in our body. probably hear me just take a sip of water. And so what is the secret then to full on body love? So there's not like one quick fix. I don't, there's not like, you know, I don't believe in quote unquote fixing. And there really isn't a secret other than it's time to shift the narrative constantly popping up and out and escaping your body and looking for more external validation, looking for more external supplements or diet or diet teas that you can take and consume in an effort of trying to love yourself more. And instead, the secret is to letting all that go and coming back down and in into yourself. So it's learning literally how to inhabit your In every podcast, I will be sharing practices and every practice that I share the intention is to support you more and more little by little to do just that to be able to be in your body so that you don't have to be so preoccupied with the exhaustive thought loop of 
you know, constantly trying to look a certain way or trying to fit into certain clothes, trying to morph your physical body in some way in an effort of trying to receive more acceptance and approval. Instead, you get to retrain your nervous system to not be bloop and all over the place. And you get to retrain yourself to be more back into yourself energetically. You get to retrain yourself to look and seek your own approval and acceptance first. And my own hate for my body, my own like dissatisfaction with it is honestly really also what led to my career path and my studies in life. So that's also why it really was a gift to me because I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing. I really believe I'm the youngest of seven. So growing up, I had a lot of examples of what it meant to go to college and get a degree and then what happens next. And some degrees maybe don't necessarily lead directly to a specific career. Hey, it's Emily, and I wanted to interrupt this episode briefly to let you know about an online offering that I have, Body Love. So in my own journey, for most of my life, I hated my body. I tried everything in regards to different diets, workout programs, you know, even my study of the human body in the hopes that one of those things would, you know, in quotes, fix my body into being an acceptable and appropriate size, trying to fix my body into being thin. I believed that if I was skinny, if I was thin enough, then I could be happy and and feel like I was enough. The key thing in my healing journey towards loving my body was to learn how to actually inhabit my body. Most of the other approaches focused my attention outwards and on trying to, again in quotes, fix what was wrong. When I finally learned how to come back into my body, that is when I experienced full-on true body love. No longer was my mind preoccupied with thoughts of, you know, does my stomach look big in this? Instead, I could finally simply be and enjoy my body exactly as it is. My online program, Body Love, 12 Weeks to Happiness and Confidence in Your Own Skin, is my method that I have created that combines my expertise as a certified rolfer my work as an Art of Feminine Presence teacher, my knowledge as a coach, and more that will transform your relationship with your body so that you can experience joy and ease in your body exactly as it is. Body Love is a self-guided, fully online program. It's not a diet program. It's not a workout program. It's not about giving your power away to someone else. It's not another distraction. During the 12 weeks, you will learn how to actually inhabit your body and release body shame. You don't have to keep living in this cycle of continuous preoccupation with feeling like you're not enough or feeling dissatisfied because of the way your body appears. 
you can experience confidence and happiness now in your body. Body Love, 12 Weeks to Happiness and Confidence will teach you how to do just that. If you're wondering if Body Love is right for you and would like to learn more, go to this. You can either send me a message if you have my email or go to the show notes where I have a link where you can learn more about Body Love as well as a link where you can um, schedule a complimentary zero pressure call with me where we can connect one-on-one to really see if it's a right fit. And if not, I can point you hopefully in the right direction. And in Body Love, on top of lifetime access to the modules, you'll also receive lifetime access to a private Body Love community where you will be connected with others who are on a similar path, as well as receive more support from me. I also have an upgrade option for Body Love where you can receive one-on-one support from me as you go through the program. So that is an option if you would like to be you know, held in a more strong container and have some one-on-one sessions with me. So go to the show notes, check out Body Love, set up a call with me if you resonate with this. And now let's get back to the episode. And so I always told myself I wanted a degree that, you know, autom- like had a career attached to it that I would automatically have a well-paying job because um, I wanted financial stability before I ever chased my dreams. And if you don't know much about me, I went a completely opposite loop and have always worked for myself um, other than part-time jobs. But so my study in college, I see shifted two years won't go into that whole story but I was like yeah I'll be a pharmacist I like chemistry pharmacists make a lot of money thank goodness I'm not a pharmacist um but so I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science and I remember when I like the months leading to my college graduation the level of anxiety inside of me of oh my gosh, I'm going to look like a fraud at my college graduation because I don't look like the super fit college female who that I believe that I should be looking at with that degree. Um, So I remember literally trying to diet the three to however many months before my graduation in the hopes of being skinny for my graduation. I literally cared more about looking skinny at my graduation than receiving my college diploma. I just kept thinking, oh, I want my arms to look good and I just want to look thin so that people will be really happy and they'll be really proud of me. I thought that that would increase the amount of approval and applause that I would receive. I would look the fitting image of a young college graduate with an exercise science degree. But so then after college, at some point, I lived at a yoga retreat center called Kripalu. If you know it, it's in Western Massachusetts. I lived there for six months. So I lived and studied there um, practicing seva. And Sanskrit seva is selfless service. So there was a community of, I think about 60 of us full-time volunteers who lived there as well. And I also thought that was like my hallelujah saving grace moment. I was like, I'm going to live at a yoga center for six months. Like yoga people are super skinny and they look super happy. Like this is the answer. I'm going to, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to be so skinny. (laughs) That was in the background of my mind and that I never verbalized to anyone, but was definitely a constant thought and constant desire for doing, joining that community for that period of time. And I attended pretty much every lecture I possibly could 
when I was there. I was constantly in the evenings going to lectures, going to meditations, going to yoga classes, going to dance classes, whatever was offered, I was there. And if it was a lecture, I was taking diligent notes. If it was a class, I was taking notes after. Searching ravenously, ferociously for, ferociously, it's not a word, ferociously, for the answer to how could I be thin? I thought I'd dedicate myself to learning everything there is to learn here. And, you know, the lectures, the, the, the classes, it was a broad range. Yes, this was a yoga center. So tons of yoga that I, I went to yoga almost daily. I thought, okay, if I do yoga daily, I'm eating organic food, like I'll be thin, right? Um, but I just looked, I just believed anywhere that that would be my answer. And so what I'm, why I'm sharing this story, what I'm, what I'm wanting you just to see a little insight into myself and my own personal journey is the degree to which this inner viciousness drove every action. And the, ex I don't know if you feel this, me saying this, I feel it talking about it, like the exhaustion, like the constant, like needing to like hunt for how am I going to be happy? How am I going to be happy? And thinness, the, for me, being thin was the key to, to being happy. And I hope maybe then it sheds light maybe on some of your own inner mechanisms or mental loops that you've gotten stuck in. Not to make you feel wrong or overwhelmed or judge them, but to shed light on them. Awareness is a beautiful thing. Awareness can be really intense. Um, sometimes it can feel overwhelming initially, but it's a gift because when we are aware of something, we have the opportunity to make a different choice, to take a breath, to slow down, to come back within. And so at Kripalu, the yoga center, you know, I was reading every mindful, every book, really a lot of books, but specifically around mindful eating, um, dieting, or, you know, not even the books around like not dying, anything that I could get my hands on. And a beautiful gift of living at that center was it was the first time in my life, I think I was maybe around 23, that I learned about the monkey mind. And if you're unfamiliar with the monkey mind, it's just a name, it's an idea for our, you know, I like to call it like lower S self mind, that inner chatter that's constantly kind of judging or comparing ourselves to others that we all have. For me, that my loudest like inner voice is I, and I just, it feels like crazy to think, say this now, cause I'm like, well, duh, everybody has that mind. That's a part of being human. But at that age, I didn't know. And I identified myself with these limiting beliefs that I had. Next episode, we're going to go into the seven uh, main limiting beliefs that I see in my clients. But so it was huge living at this yoga center and shifting my trajectory from being so solely externally based and constantly trying to change my body and change this physical vessel or learn more about like like in my undergraduate studies, it was like, you know, learn as much as I can about anatomy and physiology. And the more I understand the scientifics of it, the more I can control it. That's what I believed. And having this understanding of, oh, it's not just me. I'm, I'm not wrong. I'm not bad. Like other people also sometimes think they're not enough was, was just huge. And also one helping to soften that and soften that judgment, 
but also starting to begin my embodiment journey, right? I was doing daily yoga. I was doing meditation. I was doing ecstatic dance um, to start this cycle of what does it get to be like to really be in my body? And so, you know, my desire to want to learn more about the body, the mind, our emotional aspects, spiritual aspects, physical aspects, all of that stemmed originally from my hate and disdain for my body. And now I can like fully, happily, honestly say it's fully shifted of, I still want, like want to learn about all of that. I still continue. I can't help myself signing up for more trainings and constantly am reading or listening to new information. But it's shifted because now my desire is really to support myself and others and reaching their full potential through their body. So it's shifted, not because I'm not wanting to study and learn all this because I need to change this body. I need to fix this body. I need to be better. Instead, it's shifted into such a more easy, expansive, relaxed state of, oh, yeah, I just want to help us reach our potential. The more we can learn, also, I believe it can help us inhabit more. But there is a difference between knowing something intellectually and actually embodying it. Um, we'll do an episode on that too. <laughs> How's that? We've got two new episode ideas in, in the second podcast, but those will have to wait for 2023 because this year podcast, that's all the plan is already booked. <sighs> so the more you can inhabit your body, that is what is going to enable you to reach your full potential in this life. And what I mean by inhabit your body, I mean like literally being present in your fingers, in your wrist, in your knee, in your pelvic bowl, in your stomach, in your heart. There's a difference between thinking about being in your heart or thinking about being in your pelvis versus actually being in those centers. And you'll know when you're like, quote unquote, there with normally there is a sense of it's like a relaxing back and down in the body. There's a settling, there's a sense of ease, of relaxation. And one thing that I want to, to note that's really important is, is I just wanna talk briefly about trauma. And so when we have experienced a traumatic event, it creates a pattern of us being out of our body because it wasn't safe and all of us have experienced varying degrees of trauma. There's big T trauma, big T meaning a very significant traumatic event, whether it be sexual trauma, um, some physical verbal abuse trauma, um, a really traumatic accident, a traumatic injury, a traumatic, you know, like a tragic loss of someone early on in your life. Those are bigger T traumas, little T traumas are traumatic experiences that happen every day. So even example, you're driving, you're in traffic, somebody cuts you off, you blare your horn, or you do a <gasps> kind of a thing in your body. That, <gasps> you know, usually you're, you maybe all of a sudden you hold your breath or you let out a squeal or you're in a minor fender bender. Those are all minor T traumas, but minor T doesn't mean that they're insignificant. 
they're still adding up in your nervous system. Your nervous system is still having a very real response in real time. It's shutting down. It's going into like a little bit of a freeze response, or maybe it's going into a little bit of a fight flight response. And it's important to be able to cultivate some sort of practice in your life where that trauma can discharge. So whether it be shaking or moving or intentionally breathing in a certain way. And one of my main, my main intention with radical embodiment is to really support you in reclaiming your body for you. And if you have experienced trauma, that might feel really challenging. It might feel really scary. It might feel really uncertain. It might feel not possible. Specifically, if you have had significant trauma in the past and you haven't been able to receive much one-on-one -on -one support from a, like a therapist or a body worker or a healer or coach in some capacity. And so a lot of that trauma is still unresolved and really active in your body. And so if that's the case, and as I, you know, I'm giving little practices here and there on the podcast, um, the podcast practices will be, you know, smaller than when someone is working with me, but they still are going to be inviting you in your body. And this whole conversation is about being in our, in your body. So it's why it feels important for me in episode two to, to have this little segment briefly on trauma so that I don't want you to judge yourself. I don't want you to feel like you're doing anything wrong. And I don't want you also to push yourself too fast, too quickly. Titration is really important when it comes to our nervous system, when it comes to working with trauma. Titration means we're little by little giving in more information. We're little by little coming into our bodies more. One floor, one layer, one cell at a time. So we're not just trying to snap my fingers and boom, I'm in womb space and boom, I'm in my heart. It could be very, very overwhelming. It could result in a lot of intense sensations. And so I just want to just, if you haven't received support or you feel like you still have a lot of unresolved trauma, to please seek out some qualified support for you. Um, and if you need help finding the right support, if you're curious, you know, I do work with clients one-on-one. -on -one. Um, if, if you have a lot of unresolved trauma, I would probably refer you to someone else. Um, most of my clients have done a fair bit of growth and healing work by the time they find me. Um, but I'm happy to have a conversation and make sure you get the support you need because it's a beautiful thing when we have the support because even just when you have that person, people, there's this automatic sense that also supports our nervous system and feeling a little safer because it's not just you. You're not on your own. You can yield into that support to help the healing process. Okay, so the let's get to, I'm gonna give you a takeaway practice as we close today's podcast, The Gift of Hating My Body. So if you have hated, disliked your body, as I've said, you've most likely created a pattern of being out of your body. So today's practice is to help reverse and shift that. So you, I'm inviting you to spend five minutes every day, at least for the next seven days. Ideally, you continue this practice, but just commit to the next seven days, 
five minutes a day, you're going to do like, you're going to literally intend to be in your body. So you'll set a five minute timer, phone on do not disturb, your door is closed. Nobody's going to bother you. If you have small children, lock yourself in the bathroom, (laughs) do what you need to do. Uh, Ideally, you could be in a comfortable setting, but I also understand the realities of life and the pressures of being a parent, especially to small children. Um, But your intention is five minutes every day to connect into your body. And so some framework of what that means, if you think of it like doing like a body scan, and maybe that's really new for you. And so what you can do in that time, you know, you can just start by just closing your eyes and taking some deep breaths. So the breaths, they don't need to be, don't try too hard, you know, just easily breathe deeply in a way that feels good to you. And then from there, just start to explore your bodily sensations. And so just notice, you know, where in your body feels tight or constricted. And noticing where on your body feels spacious and ease. It's important in this five-minute time to not try too hard to feel anything. You're just having this state of gentle curiosity. And you're also, in this five minutes, you're not trying to change anything about your experience or you're not trying to change any of your sensations that might come up. So we're not judging any sensations are right or wrong. We're not trying to like amplify ourselves from if we're feeling sad to like joy or elation. We're simply acknowledging what is present and and gifting ourselves the time of five minutes of being in our body. And notice in the five minutes, how often does your mind wander? How often does your mind go into other thoughts? And if it does wander, if it gets distracted, beautiful opportunity to bring yourself back, bring yourself back to your breath, bring yourself sometimes even like I'll put place my hands on different parts of my body or put my fingertips together. That tactile feedback from your own body can really help you in your body. So let's utilize that. And as I was mentioning earlier about those different messages that our body sends, sometimes quiet, sometimes loud, Gifting yourself every day, even just five minutes of being with your body, of checking in. How is it that I feel? What is present today? Allows us to hear these messages, these sensations, whether it be physical sensations, emotional sensations, sooner. And be able to do something about it if we feel called or spend more time in that sensation before it gets to such a loud, exasperated response that you're you're in a chronic pain loop or you're in a chronic anxiety loop, etc. So thank you for tuning in to episode two of Radical Embodiment, the podcast. The Gift of Hating My Body. This is Emily Wishall, and I really am so grateful you're here and you're listening. And if you haven't already, join my free online community. If you didn't know, I have a free online community, Radical Embodiment. It's on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com, search groups and group search 
Radical Embodiment Community. I'll also be sure and put a link at the bottom of the show notes. Um, and in that community, I'm providing exclusive videos, trainings. I've been doing a whole preview series on the launch of the podcast. Um, and it's really the intention is to create a safe container um, for anyone who identifies primarily as female to shift this narrative of feeling like we need to change our physical bodies and really inviting in more gentleness, more love, more nourishment, and more space to embody our body. And there's power in doing that in a group field. It amplifies the energy. Awesome. Take care.